Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Does anybody really think smoking is such a good idea these days? Well, I hope not. And vaping is also another habit that might not be so good either. Companies are targeting our youth with flavors of vaping cartridges and all sorts of things that harken back to the days of trying to make cigarettes taste better too, menthol and a variety of other ways that they tried to make it seem more attractive and palatable. And then we found out that smoking was causing some serious lung conditions like cancer. So we don't want to have the same thing happen with other activities like vaping. Well, Today, we're going to be talking with the Coalition for Tobacco-Free Hawaii. We have Scott Stensrud. He is head of the coalition. And we have Josh Ching. He is a senior at Kamehameha School, soon off to Yale. And we're going to talk today about what are some of the initiatives that we're doing right here locally to try and make sure that we can protect our current and next generations from activities that could be harmful. So thank you to both of you for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Kathleen. I, I will just say that you, you gave me a little bit of a promotion there. Um, I'm part of the coalition. I, I mentor our youth council, but uh, I'm not the head of the coalition. It's a big group of people. It's a big group. Well, tell me a little bit about the coalition. Who's part of it, and what are some of the goals that you have? Well, sure. The, uh, the coalition is made up of um, organizations such as the American Heart Association, American Lung Association, COPD, um, you know, American Academy of Pediatricians, um, representatives from, you know, all the different uh, islands, from different community and health groups. Uh, so it's, it's, it's quite a large, uh, quite a large group of people that are all working to, you know, try to make Hawaii uh, tobacco-free. Now, you mentioned that you're a mentor to some of the youth, and Josh, you are one of those youth. How long have you been involved in the coalition? Yeah, so I've been in the Coalition for Tobacco-Free Hawaii's Youth Council for about just about four years. I wasn't really active my first year, but um, from my sophomore year onward, I was. Um, I decided that I wanted to really get involved with this movement, and you now I've just stuck with it since then. Now, what inspired you, Josh, to say, you know, here's something that I want to really take some time and effort out of a very busy life as a high school student, and I really want to make a difference. What what sort of sold you on the idea that you wanted to be part of this? Yeah, so I think the thing that initially sold me was um, all of the legislative um, practices, policies that um, the coalition pushes for and all of the opportunities that youth have to engage in our local government. It was something that I wanted to at least get involved in since um, I found an interest in politics. But as the years sort of drew on, um, and I got to learn a lot more about the policies that we were actually advocating for. Um, I did find personal connections to tobacco use, um, not only because, you know, I know people who use these products who have fallen victim to the exploitation of the tobacco industry as a result of it, um, but also because Native Hawaiians in particular, um, a, a group to which I belong, are disproportionately affected by the targeting of the tobacco industry and um, are just represented, overrepresented in uh, smoking rates across the island and across our nation as well. So it was something that I found a personal connection to and that I really wanted to address because, you know, 
I think systemic inequities still persist in Hawaii today, especially when it comes to public health. And I wanted to do what I could, at least, you know, pitch in a little bit of my own work to you know, try and remedy that problem. Well, that is a large task, and I really applaud you for taking it on. You mentioned an exploitation from the companies. What are some of the things that you see that are targeting the people that are locally here in the islands of all age groups? What, what do you see out there? I think particularly when it comes to youth who are one of the most affected demographics, at least here in the islands and also just across the nation, um, is uh, two-pronged. So the first would be the 15,500 uh, mostly candy-flavored e-cigarette and e-liquid products that are you know, filling our shelves. And we can see that the tobacco industry has been using these flavors, um, flavors like Pog and Hawaiian Sweet Roll and Mountain Dew, to basically try and hook a new generation of smokers to their products. Um, and alongside that, there's a lot of, um, there's not a lot of regulation when it comes to these products that are, you know, relatively fresh on the market in comparison to other tobacco products. Um, so the flavors coupled with, you know, that targeted marketing and the lack of regulation that's coming from the industry, that is going against the industry, uh, rather, has, you know, created in, I guess, an aura of exploitation that the tobacco industry is able to weaponize. Well, and, you know, you mentioned flavors that I, I mean, Pog and Mountain Dew and these sorts of things that I think absolutely are targeting the youth or targeting people who who want to enjoy those sorts of flavors and don't realize what else they might be ingesting. What are some of the other chemicals and things that are in these products? I'm curious, Scott, now, Hawaii is one of the only, one of the first places, actually, that regulated this smoking age, and the coalition was part of lobbying for that to increase the the age to 21 where you can legally buy tobacco products. Is that right? Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, we've been a leader in the past, and we want to stay a leader uh, in this area. Um, and it's, it's something that now we've, uh, you know, fallen back behind some other states. Uh, other states have, uh, have banned uh, all tobacco flavors, uh, and also are, are taxing, you know, e-cigarettes like other tobacco products. And that's part of what the uh, coalition is working for, is to kind of get Hawaii back into the, uh, the the forefront of this battle against, you know, big tobacco to try to, you know, improve the health of, uh, of all of our residents. You mentioned something interesting, uh, taxes for e-cigarettes. So currently, if you were to buy uh, tobacco cigarettes, there would be a lot of tax associated with that. But if you were to go buy e-cigarettes, there's there's no tax associated with that. That's similar to what we tax our tobacco cigarettes with. Correct. Uh, they're they're not regulated like combustible cigarettes. They're, they they have a general excise tax, but there's no additional tax like there are for combustible tobacco products. And uh, what's one of the things that uh, we know, you know, having them be cheaper uh, makes it enticing for youth. So being able to tax these products the same as, as combustible cigarettes uh, would, you know, help raise the cost, which we, we you know, studies have shown will, you know, deter some youth from starting and will uh, even, you know, cause some adults to, you know, to switch uh, to, you know, other types of cessation programs that are actually approved by the, by the FDA. Uh, and it, um, so it, so it's a two-pronged approach, right? It, it it raises the cost, and at the same time, hopefully would provide some funds that could go towards helping youth and adults that want to quit. I find it interesting when the concept of vaping and e-cigarettes first came out, 
There are other countries across the pond, the UK, actually allowed it only as a prescription product at the onset because they felt as though if you were using electronic cigarettes to be able to stop combustible cigarettes or tobacco-based cigarettes that you mentioned, that this would be something that a doctor would prescribe to help someone to do that. So they actually kept it under some fairly significant regulation at the onset to try and avoid having this become a popular avenue for kids, youth, or other people to sort of go right into. And that that seemed to help to to minimize how much it was available, but it wasn't completely 100%. And it looks like that's not the route that we've taken here in the U.S. and probably not the route we're going to go to. Do you have any ideas on whether or not there are some efforts to make all tobacco products regulated? Scott? Well, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what we are trying to do with this, right? Um, and, you know, part of the, the issue, too, with comparing, you know, what's happening here in the U.S. to other countries is just the, the nicotine levels uh, are not regulated. The nicotine levels in the e-cigarettes here in the United States are much higher than in Europe uh, and in other places. So, uh, you know, kids are being addicted that much faster, uh, you know, because of that. Uh, we're seeing internationally, you know, more and more countries uh, banning the sale of e-cigarettes. Uh, so it, it is something that, um, you know, different countries are taking different approaches, and we're, we're looking at that uh, very carefully. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Josh Ching from Kamehameha Schools. He is on the Youth Council of the Coalition for a Tobacco-Free Hawaii, and Scott Stensrud, who's also part of the coalition. And we are going to talk some more about what are some of the ways that kids can find other activities that are not so enticing and keep themselves from heading down a journey of becoming dependent on tobacco or vaping products. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we are talking about tobacco and vaping and what are some of the current ways that we can actually have a tobacco-free Hawaii. Well, it's going to be good for the youth, for the next generation, and for our current generation, and hopefully help to promote better health for everyone. Today we have Josh Ching, senior at Kamehameha School and member of the Youth Council of the Coalition for a Tobacco-Free Hawaii. And we have Scott Stensrud, who is the mentor for the Youth Coalition, and I think is humble in his efforts to what he does to help promote this here locally at home. And right before the break, we were talking about nicotine levels higher in the U.S. and not regulated than in some other countries. I'm curious, Josh, you started this when you were a freshman in high school. You became part of the Youth Council. I'm certain that you have friends who have tried various different types of products, maybe vaping or cigarettes, or you know people who may have. What do you think made them get started down that path? You know, I think there's a lot of things um, that can push people to start using uh, e-cigarettes. And one of the main concerns, I think, for our council and just more generally is that a lot of the kids who are, you know, pushed towards using e-cigarettes are doing so because um, they're dealing with, you know, the internal stress of being a teenager that comes with, like, anxiety or things like body dysmorphia because nicotine is um, an appetite suppressant. And so what we're seeing is that a lot of these kids and a lot of people that I know who who continue to use these products are doing so because they're dealing with a lot of inner turmoil that they don't necessarily communicate with, you know, trusted adults because they might not have those in their lives. 
And so this is a problem that has um, that the tobacco industry has basically taken advantage of, um, using these teenagers at some of their most vulnerable times in their life and advertising to them, whether through the use of flavors or through um, advertisements on social media or through radio ads even. Um, there's a lot of targeting that goes to these youth who are in a vulnerable state and shouldn't be taken advantage of. Scott, I'm curious, what are some of the youngest age groups that the coalition has seen being targeted? Because I know that Josh, you know, he started getting inspired in high school, but I don't think high school is the youngest age that some of the ads are meant to provoke an interest from. So what is it that the council sees? Well, what what we've seen, you know, nationally, uh, some of these companies, um, you know, that have been caught uh, advertising on websites like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, uh, network, you know, they apologize afterwards, but I mean, the, the damage is already done. Uh, many of the most popular streaming shows uh, are filled with, uh, you know, tobacco and, and vaping. Um, social media influencers are, are constantly promoting a product. The industry spends a lot of money paying these people to make it look cool uh, without discussing any of the health consequences. So students are, are, are being bombarded everywhere they are, you know, online. Uh, and we know that's where they spend a lot of their free time, uh, you know, with this imagery, you know, normalizing it. So it, it's it's a big concern. And, you know, at first it was, you know, we we're mostly dealing with high school students, and it started to become middle school students, and there was a lot of concern. And, you know, one in five middle school students are now reporting using e-cigarettes on a regular basis. And disturbing, you know, this year is we're starting to hear from elementary school principals on what, what can they do because they're seeing elementary school students using, uh, you know, these vape products, these electronic cigarettes. And, uh, I mean, it, it's just shocking to me that it's gotten to that point, uh, and we really need to do something, uh, you know, now so that we're just not seeing this, you know, attack younger and younger kids. Well, and just for reference, you know, elementary school is what, grades one through five? Yeah. So we're talking about like 10, 11, 11-year-olds? 11 oh, no, no. They'd be younger than that. Those that, That's like middle school-age students, that's right? Middle, so middle school. You're talking seven, eight-year-olds you know, potentially. Wow, seven- and eight-year-olds being targeted. I'm curious, Josh, what was the first tobacco ad you ever remember seeing? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the first tobacco ad that I probably ever, like, I guess encountered was probably on the radio um, while my I was getting driven to school. I was driving to school with my dad um, back in elementary school. That's probably the most vivid memory that I have. And you know, I would assume that a lot of other students across the islands also have similar experiences, where you know they might just be driving to school with their parents and they hear an ad that goes off on the radio or they see one on their phone, um, basically advertising these products um, to them. Wow. I know that when electronic cigarettes first came out, they sort of were positioned as a way to help people not get addicted to combustible tobacco cigarettes. But, you know, now we're seeing that the even if you look at just electronic cigarettes, some people are just getting addicted to those. They may not move on to combustible tobacco cigarettes, but they may just become forever vaping candidates. Is that something that that you're also seeing happen amongst some of the people, you know, Josh? You know, I think that, yeah, like addiction to these types of products 
um, is really easy to, to happen, not only because of the, the chemicals that are in these products like nicotine, formaldehyde, uh, nicotine in particular that you know, can hook an entire generation of kids, but also because there's so much misconception about these products, people believing and um, spewing misinformation that vaping products are you know, only made of water vapor and that it's, safer, it's a safer alternative to a normal cigarette. And so I think that with a lot of kids these days, there's not much of an understanding about what's in these products. And even if there is, there's been a culture of you know, not really caring or um, not much of an, uh, of, I think, government step in when it comes to regulating these products as well to discourage youth from using them. Well, and I just remember, you know, there's ads that were back ooh, decades ago before I was even around. And these were ads in the medical community about smoking because they didn't associate it with negative consequences when cigarettes first came out. And yet it took decades for this to come about for the companies to accept responsibility in that way that these tobacco type products were actually addictive and they also caused health problems. Because electronic cigarettes are relatively new, we don't have the safety. There is no safety data. They're, they may not be safe at all. People may have this mistaken impression that it's just water, but in fact, there could be some long-term consequences. And we did see lung damage related to vaping just a few years ago that was pretty darn significant for some of the folks who started to use those products regularly. So there, there's certainly some concern about the long-term health consequences. I, I'm curious... Uh, Scott, from the coalition perspective, there's a lot of big groups that you have, the American Heart Association, the American Lung Association, all of these groups that are trying to create some efforts to really help to reduce the availability of tobacco here in the islands. What are some of their major initiatives? Is there anything coming up in the legislature right now that is potentially something that people may need to know about? Yeah, uh, the coalition uh, this year worked with the uh, the Keiki Caucus, uh, and they'll be introducing uh, one of the policy priorities that the uh, coalition has been working on for a few years, which is ending the sale of all flavored tobacco product. Uh, this includes menthol, uh, menthol cigarettes, and it would include all of the, the flavors that Josh was uh, was talking about. Um, you know, menthol is particularly concerned because it's been used to to target you know Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders. Uh, they overwhelmingly use menthol. Uh, cigarettes. And, you know, studies do show that uh, if you eliminate menthol, uh, that a certain percentage of, of people will stop uh, smoking altogether. Um, and it's, it will also help uh, youth and young adults from ever starting uh, with e-cigarettes or combustible tobacco because the menthol itself, you know, has a cooling sensation, right? It, it makes it easier to inhale very deeply. And, um, uh, and if, if you don't have it and it's just tobacco flavor, obviously it's a much harsher flavor. So people are going to be less likely to, uh, you know, to try it. Um, and it just, it just makes it, you know, harder to, easier to start and harder to quit. So um, the youth in particular have recognized this amongst their peers. The menthol flavors are amongst the most popular uh, with, with youth, and they've been fighting to try to keep menthol in uh, any uh, legislation that is limiting the sale of flavored tobacco products. And then the other aspect is, again, regulating the electronic cigarettes the same as combustible cigarettes. So we need to have the licensing uh, you know, for it so that uh, we know who to tax, 
um, and then having a similar type tax uh, would be helpful. And the third part of that is ending online sales of electronic uh, cigarettes. Uh, combustible cigarettes are not available online. Why should uh, electronic cigarettes be available? Uh, and we, again, we've had reports from as young as middle school uh, students that have, uh, you know, gone to the corner store, picked up a debit card, and been able to order these products online and then turn around and sell them to their classmates. So uh, th these are some of the issues that the, uh, the coalition and its members have been working very, very hard uh, to, to get past here in Hawaii the last several years. Wow, I had no idea that you could purchase them online. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more with Josh Ching, senior at Kamehameha School, and Scott Stenstrud from the Coalition of Tobacco-Free Hawaii. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking about trying to create a tobacco-free Hawaii. So we have Josh Ching, senior at Kamehameha School, and a member of the Coalition for Tobacco-Free Hawaii, and Scott Stensrud, who is also helping to mentor some of the youth. And right before the break, Scott, you said something that seemed pretty shocking to me. It's it's well known you can't ship cigarettes online or you can't purchase them online and have them sent to you. I had no idea that you could actually purchase electronic cigarettes online. And like you mentioned, you know, you get a debit card. That may be a huge loophole that allows the youth to exploit that and and mail themselves electronic cigarettes. It seems like that's... It doesn't make sense. If we don't allow it for tobacco products, why would we allow it for e-cigarettes? Well, that's, that's exactly what uh, our thought is with the, uh, you know, with the coalition. Uh, we know some of these things have, uh, have worked uh, with combustible cigarettes when uh, most flavors were eliminated uh, from combustible tobacco products. And remember, there was a day when you used to be able to buy Pina colada flavored, you know, cigarettes and cherry cigarettes uh, that, uh, you know, rates went down. They became less attractive to, to youth. So the playbook is there, um, and we think the same playbook should be followed with electronic cigarettes as well. Josh, when you think about some of the classmates that you have, do you know of any that actually have continued with electronic cigarettes and purchased them online? Yeah, I have, and it's largely because when you're purchasing them online, it's so easy for kids to just falsify their age and also use that debit card, as Scott mentioned, to easily just get access to these products and have them shipped directly to their house. You know, um, This is an, a widespread issue um, for our island and also for the nation as a whole, and I think that it's time for us to start regulating e-cigarette products in the same way that tobacco, other tobacco products are, especially when it comes to online sales. I'm curious, Josh, in, in a perfect world, do you think that electronic cigarettes should be available at all? I think in a perfect world, um, the tobacco industry probably shouldn't exist at all because in the way that the tobacco industry has you know, existed throughout history is they've continued to find different demographics, different marginalized communities that they can target, whether it's Native Hawaiian, whether it's African Americans, whether it's youth. And 
the exploitative practices that they continue to use, the types of products that they continue to churn out to try and entice groups of people to use them is just absolutely insane and honestly shouldn't exist in a just world. Well, I did say perfect, and you mentioned just world, so so I'm with you. Uh, well, unfortunately, we don't live in that perfect just world, but it certainly sounds like you know there's definitely a, a huge impetus on your part to really put a stop to this. And you mentioned that the Native Hawaiian community has being targeted. In what ways do you see that happening in your local, in your aunties, in your uncles, in your family, in your community? I think one of the primary ways that Native Hawaiians at least are being targeted by the tobacco industry is, as Scott mentioned earlier, um, the use of menthol. 78% of Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander smokers use menthol cigarettes. And it's because those menthol products are, you know, easier to start with but harder to quit. And um, in communities of, you know, lower-income communities where the tobacco industry typically sells their products with the posters on, you know, drugstores and uh, tries to continue marketing in those communities, they're predominantly represented by our marginalized communities like Native Hawaiians. So effectively, what we're seeing is not only a socioeconomic disparity when it comes to tobacco products, but also a racial one, specifically with Native Hawaiians. And um, put simply, it's just unjust. Scott, what do you think the future is of the Coalition for Tobacco-Free Hawaii? What else, if you had your dream list, what else would you like to see available or happen here in the islands? Well, if... uh... We would really like to see, again, the end of, of uh, sale of all flavored uh, tobacco products um, and the uh, regulation of combustible cigarettes or e-cigarettes the same as combustible cigarettes. Um, that is, you know, that's really the, you know, the gold standard right now. We, we have been successful, as you said, in raising the age to 21. Uh, the county's been very successful. Uh, every county here has laws in place that make it against the law for anybody to um, vape or smoke uh, in a car with a minor present. Um, so this is really kind of the, uh, the, the, the next level. Uh, other things that could be done, um, you know, there's some things probably at the federal level that need to be done. Um, you know, broadcast TV can't show, you know, tobacco use with also, without also showing the consequences, the health consequences. Streaming services probably should have to do that as well um, because we know that's where, where most of our youth spend their time. They're not watching as much broadcast television as they are on the streaming services. So being able to get that out, getting it out of movies. Um, so, you know, maybe not giving, uh, you know, tax uh, incentives to movies that are filmed here that glorify tobacco use. I mean, that's, that's something else, I guess, that could be done. Um, but uh, really the key, uh, you know, that the youth have come up with um, and they, they choose their policy priorities every year uh, really has been around the flavors. And I think that will help, uh, you know, keep a new generation from, from starting and then increasing the cost and, and regulating the access will, uh, you know, will help those that have already started. I'm curious, Josh, if somebody else said, I want to be part of the Tobacco-Free Hawaii Coalition, how would they go about doing so? Um, they can visit our website. Uh, you can basically just Google the Hawaii Public Health Institute Youth Council, and you'll definitely find our website. You can apply on there, fill out a form. We welcome everyone who wants to join our cause, the more the merrier, um, especially when it comes to trying 
uh, to convince our legislators to take decisive action on these tobacco products. Um, we'd love as many members as we can get. So I'd strongly encourage you to apply. All right. And Scott, if they're not youth, but they still want to be involved, should they do the same? Yeah, well, they can go to, um, we have a, a campaign uh, site. It's flavorshookkidshi.org. So that's all uh, flavorshookkidshi.org. And uh, that will take you to a site that talks, uh, uh, shares some of the health concerns, has a bunch of resources. Uh, as the bills start coming out, we'll, we'll put up those bills that um, the Youth Council and the Coalition are, are supporting so people can know. But in general, as Josh said, really being able to have people. All right, we're going to have people take a look at that website and find out more if they're interested. If you'd like to hear the show at Glenn, you can click on our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Thank you to Josh Chang, Scott Stensrud. Mm-hmm.